Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Ooh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller? I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode of Her with Amina Brown. And, you know, we've been a little bit of time of me being here in the living room with you all, just chatting you and telling y'all my business. But I am happy to bring guests into the living room. That's that's what the living room is for. You all, we're here. We're, we're guests together. But we are bringing a guest. And I am so excited, y'all. We have with us licensed psychologist, professor, poet, author, president-elect of the American Psychological Association, and author of Homecoming, Overcome Fear and Trauma to Reclaim Your Whole Authentic Self. Dr. Tama Bryant is here with us. Dr. Tama, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I love the introduction. I can hear the poetic flow. (laughs) (laughs) It never goes away. You do other things, but it never leaves you. (laughs) It's in. (laughs) Dr. Tama, I'm so excited that you are joining us, y'all. This book right here, sometimes, let me tell y'all, sometimes a book that can bring healing to you upsets you. Um, And those books also have their place. But sometimes a book that can bring healing to you, like you start reading it and you already feel like you're you're breathing a bit easier. And that's that's what your pages felt like to me. And so I I hope as we talk about this, Dr. Tama, that 
folks who have not gotten their copy of Homecoming can make sure that they do because it is it is it is a good it is a good breath for all of us mm, to take. Thank you. I'm so grateful to hear that. And that really was the intention. I think some people have this false idea that like telling people off or dismantling people is what healing looks like. And we we have enough dismantling. We have enough of uh, the violation and the assault. So our healing you know, should be an invitation to something deeper and more honoring of who we are, even as it stretches us, but still holds us. Yeah, mm, I love that. Now, I want to start with a very important question. It's a very serious question that we need to talk about, which is snacks, Dr. Tama. Snacks, mm-hmm. it's very yeah. important. Um, could be a part of our healing journeys is snacks. Absolutely. So when I talk to our Her With Amina community, I always say to them, this podcast is sort of my vision of what my living room has been like, where my girlfriends and I gather together. And sometimes we had enough money to charcuterie board. And sometimes uh, we just had enough money to have some unfinished hummus that happened to Mm -hmm. be sitting in the fridge. And my girlfriend brought a bell pepper. She had kind of cut a little bit off of, and we just (laughs) combined our little things together. You know, So if you're in this situation with your friends or your family, whoever you like to gather with, what's your snack that you typically bring to the space? Yes. So first I was thinking individual snacks. So just my regular snack by myself to myself uh, are almonds. I am the almond queen. (laughs) That's a good one. And hot green tea is uh, my soothing blanket. Uh, if I was going somewhere, I'm not going to just bring almonds. So. <laughs> <laughs> but when people love you, you could. Yeah. You, you could. could. That's, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I could show, and they would appreciate my almond bag. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me ask you a quick question about these almonds, Dr. Tama. So is this is this roasted, unsalted? Yes. Are you, no, what no, are the no. Vibes? We're roasted. We're okay. not unsalted over here. Okay. We need a little kick a little, to it. A little flavor. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Okay. And if you were in a situation where you had to, you had to bring your snack, but also maybe other people going to share, then what would be the vibes? Yes. Um, So a snack wise, I think when you said hummus, that often resonates. And and since I've been living in California, which has been some time, I've gotten into avocado and guacamole. So we could definitely roll with that as well. That's always a good choice. I, I'm I'm going to yeah. admit, Dr. Tama, because I feel like this is a safe space that um, I really don't get along with avocados. And I have a few okay. friends that they try to love me in spite of, you know, they're in just... In spite of, that's all mm. right. I grew up in Baltimore. In Baltimore, we didn't eat avocado. So I'm I'm good with that. It's just, it's a late arrival. <laughs> it's like me. if it's in a guacamole <laughs> for some reason, I can handle it yeah. there. But my friends that like slice it up and they, they just salt and pepper... Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's new for me. But now that you're yeah. saying this, Dr. Tama, I'm wondering to myself, because I live in Atlanta, so I'm wondering to myself yeah. if a part of that is location. Yeah, you just didn't grow up with it. And that the avocados where you live might taste better. Ah, uh, true. That is true. Than what we're getting down here. And, so. and really, it really comes down to the seasoning, too. What you, what you shake on there. Mm-hmm. Come on, what you shake on there? <laughs> Maybe that's what avocado needs. Maybe when well, I had it, it wasn't we'll seasoned right. Something. Yeah, yeah. I'm so uh, glad we had this talk. A little something. <laughs> so, Dr. Tama, <laughs> in addition to your 
work as a psychologist. You are also a poet. I find that so wonderful and fascinating. (sighs) And maybe it's also personal for me that I'm a poet too. But what role has poetry played in your work and in your life? How do you how do you see that foundation sort of playing a role even in what you're doing today? It's so important because a lot of times when we're in need of healing, we have been silenced, right? And so our stories haven't been told. They've been diluted. We've had to like read the script of what somebody else wanted us to say. So a part of our healing is getting my words back, right? Mm. And reclaiming my voice. And so I have used poetry to heal both personally and with clients. So with clients, I can use it individually with people uh, receiving kind of homework assignments to write on a theme that came up in session or writing in session. And I've also done poetry therapy groups Mm. where uh, the entire therapeutic process is centered around reading poetry, reflecting on poetry, writing our own and sharing our own. And I can remember once at a poetry coffee house in Boston where I used to live after I shared a piece and it was the first time someone said to me, I feel like I was just in therapy. And so I think it's a wonderful vehicle to bring healing beyond the walls of like the private practice office. And I will even say a lot of times in poetry spaces that healing voice is needed because sometimes in open mic, it can just be like a series of like horrible experiences with no breath and no life. And I'm glad people are getting it out. But for those who are receiving it, it can be some nights, depending on just who signs up, it can be a a dry space. And so um, that combination of speaking truth, but truth with breath. Mm. Oh, that breath is so important. And I I recall this about the open mic. You could have some nights where that almost felt like this church or sort of mm-hmm. spiritual space, right? Yeah. And then you could have some nights where you were kind of like, okay, I don't know what I need to do when I leave here. But <laughs> right. I gotta do something else. <laughs> it's something else. It's like I just sat through seven terrible things to get to that one good one. <laughs> You're like it's only coffee served here. What do I do right. with right. myself? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk yeah. about the the journey that led to you writing your book and I know that we have many listeners that have dreams in their own hearts of wanting to write a book and having experienced book writing on on different levels for those of us who are authors too. There's all this journey that leads to what people actually hold in their hands. You know, sometimes the title comes first, sometimes the theme of maybe what you want to write. What was What was the journey like that led you to writing this book? And did you always feel in your heart that writing books was something you wanted to do? Yes. So I will uh, credit the seed uh, with my mom. She used to get my brother and I journals very early, like in elementary school, and, you know, would encourage us to write poetry, to write our thoughts, to write solutions to world problems. (laughs) So uh, so I've been writing early and and she uh, is a writer. And a large part of my professional career, you know, as a professor and a researcher has been academic writing and academic writing is like the opposite of poetry, right? It is, Kent for me feels very restricted and very narrow. And so because I have really a heart for community 
I have always had the desire to be able to create resources where people can get the information and it's not just like full of jargon. You know, a lot of my prior books are academic books that are used um, to train future psychologists. So because they're textbooks, they're very expensive. So I would never even tell members of the community about them because I'm not going to have them pay $65. So to be able to write something that most people can access for $20 uh, is in alignment with my values. And um, the other piece that happened in terms of the pathway here is I started the Homecoming podcast um, about three years ago. And I started the podcast in the aftermath. So I post mental health quotes on social media and people always write asking for more information because, you know, a tweet can only be a certain number of characters. So to deal with people having questions, I said, okay, let me do the podcast. The podcast is like 30 minute episodes. And then people write me after the episode (laughs) with more questions. So, you know, it's like I could keep trying to email people back one at a time or I could put all this in a resource and people could have it in their hands. And uh, also, I was blessed that the publisher approved um, the audio book as well for people who prefer to listen. Um, And so it really came from wanting to share knowledge that it should not just be for the elite or for the wealthy, um, but, you know, that knowledge is power, knowledge is healing. And so uh, that's that's why I wrote it. Mm, I love that. And I'm just always curious to hear about the journey to book writing and even that you, for yourself as a writer, you've had these different genres of experience mm-hmm. where you've, you've written poetry, you've written academic work, and now writing something that is, is for the people, so to speak. Yeah. You know, you're hoping yes, that anyone absolutely. can access that. I, I love that. Uh, there's so much to say that I loved about your book. First of all, I personally love that there are homework sections in this book because Excellent. I didn't enjoy homework in school. But let me tell you, when I'm when yeah. I'm in a healing space, that that kind of question asking and mm-hmm. having different um, activities I can try to sort of process things uh, that is so helpful. Uh, for me. Mm. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, I love that. You know, like that gives you <laughs> something. Sometimes you can read something and you're right. you're taking it in, but especially some of what is in your book that you're really walking people through with some hard things that people may have experienced yeah. in life. So you can even read the chapter and then at the end of the chapter feel like, okay, well, I don't know what mm. to do with myself or with these feelings yeah. or thoughts, you know? So uh, talk to us more about what the process was of you deciding this book shouldn't just have sort of traditional chapters. It should also mm-hmm. have these places for application. Yes, absolutely. I personally, and then I have also uh, witnessed and heard many people who will say like a podcast was moving, a sermon was moving, a book was moving and nothing has changed. Right. It was like an emotional high that did not translate in any way to our real lives or behavior. And that also shows up in therapy. You know, there are sometimes I will have clients who and I think I even say this in the book who hide behind the word confused. Right. So keep saying, I don't know. I don't know. I'm confused, which is immobilizing. Right. I never have to take action as long as I say I don't know. So 
people can spend years in therapy talking about thinking about change. And, you know, at some point we have to either shift or be willing to tell yourself the truth that I have decided to stay where I am, Mm. you know, and I just had a client this past week who was kind of doing that talking in circles the week before had said they were going to change something this week. It was back to the normal. So I said, so your truth is you have decided to stay. Mm. Right. So we just have to get to that because no shift is also a choosing and it's a decision. Right. So let's own our lives. I think that importance of agency and empowerment is important. And I'm also aware, I think uh, the significance of the homework is some people need the steps. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people assume that everybody has access to the same information or knows what to do. But like you said, you come to that and say, well, that's interesting, but what do I do with that? So the practical part is important. That's why kind of my two phrases I often um, strive for within my work is inspiration and information, Mm, mm -hmm. right? So yes, I want people to feel capable, right? Feel inspired to do it. But then like now, like what's something specific to do? Yeah. Uh, Okay. I want to talk about, y'all, I'm just here with like a thousand things. And I'm like, I have, I only have a certain amount of time to talk to Dr. Tamer. Y'all know, you know, we're not here for two (laughs) weeks where I can be like, anyways, girl, what about this? What about that? Okay. But let me ask you about this. One of the themes that you talked about in the book is the idea of disconnection. And I found that idea and the way you were you know, helping the reader kind of unfold what that means. I found that idea so powerful on a lot of levels. We are here at the time of this recording, still currently in a pandemic, mm-hmm. while uh, sort of feeling the tensions of decisions that may be made out of our control or decisions we have to make regarding how we still sort of try to air quotes move forward, even though we are mm-hmm. still currently here, right? And so yeah. it, it was really a powerful idea to me because I think the last two years of living through a pandemic, um, particularly speaking to those of us here uh, in America, but really globally as well, right? There's a lot of disconnection that we either discovered because Mm -hmm. of the pandemic and how that changed and switched our lives or the pandemic itself, that experience, whether that was our change in work, our change in our family or social life, all these different ways that affected us So I wanted to see if you can give a few of the signs. The rest of the signs are in the book. But I want to see if you can give a few of the signs. How can we recognize that we may be disconnected? Because Mm -hmm. one of the things you're talking about there in the book is that we could really live our lives disconnected and not know or not Mm -hmm. recognize, really. Mm -hmm. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, thank you for that and for uh, putting it in the context of the pandemic, because I think we still really fully haven't taken in what that means for us emotionally, psychologically, the cost and the impact. And, you know, a lot of people are just trying to go through the motions or business as usual. Um, But it has been a major disconnection, a disconnection from other people and a disconnection from ourselves. So one of the signs that you're disconnected is when you're numb. So mm-hmm. when you don't feel anything one way or another, right? We see all of these deaths by the pandemic. We see all this racial injustice. You know, we see all of these political dynamics. 
if nothing uh, moves you, then uh, you're, you're checked out. And we have all seen people and even experienced times in our lives that we were present, but not present. And so uh, to be aware, like, when did I stop feeling? Mm. Right. When did I stop feeling is one of the warning signs. Another warning sign is when you uh, remain in unfulfilling circumstances. Mm. So when I stay on a dead end job, when I stay in a dead relationship, it requires that I check out for myself. Mm. Like, there's no other way to do that. And so, you know, I've uh, and I think I referenced it in the book, the person who was like at a job, they hated, they complained about it all the time. And when I asked about other options, they literally said, well, I only have 10 more years till retirement. It's like 10, a decade. Like you're going to do this to yourself for a decade. Right. And, you know, I say that even with my knowledge of like poverty and classism and, and all of these things. Uh, but sometimes there are options. Sometimes sometimes we are not as stuck as we believe. And that is also being in unfulfilling relationships where people are more about counting the years than counting the joy. Oh, we did it. And it's like, but how, what's the quality of those years? What's the quality of that time? And so I would say if you, if nothing really moves you anymore, or if you know you're in an unfulfilling place, uh, you're probably disconnected and in need of a homecoming. Yeah. A return. Oh, I love that. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of hearing that word, especially in, in Black community, really across diaspora, right? There's a lot yes. of themes of that idea. I remember going to funerals growing up that were mm-hmm. referred to as mm-hmm. home going, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then yes. there were, there's sort of like, you know, homecoming in my like Black college experience. Right. And there's right. also church homecoming when sort of yes. the the preacher from your mama, your grandmama church would be like, y'all, I know y'all been out there and going to church. Come right. on back this one Come weekend. Home. Come on home. <laughs> you know? So just it all is. the levels of that were present for me yeah. too. Yes, I love you raising that. It's one of those like cultural winks when like Chris Rock says he could say the same joke and like black people hear one joke and white people hear a different joke. <laughs> so it is like all of the cultural meanings of home for us, you know, uh, thinking of community, thinking of identity, thinking of places of belonging, thinking of celebration, uh, thinking about the collective process, you know, as a friend of mine said, actually, I think I, I was, it was an interview for a podcast. They said, you know, do you think we need like a national homecoming? Mm. Yeah. And a part of this process is individual, but a part of it is the collective as yeah. well. Yeah. Oh, I love that. When you when you were talking about the the dead end relationships and how we can begin to count those by the years, it made mm-hmm. me think about that old in living color sketch where it was like the older couple and they would say, But we still together <laughs> <laughs> after they like fought and insulted right. each other and all these things, but we still together. Right. <laughs> it's like, well, maybe we don't have to be right. if that's not what's working. Right. <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> right. It's an important question of like how we measure success because sometimes people are loyal to situations that are not loyal to them. Right. 
And, uh, you know, it can be if my, if I, how I count success is endurance, but I am enduring with something that is breaking my spirit, you know, it's not really healthy. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so good. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. I want to talk a little bit about therapy, especially those who are new to therapy or considering therapy. I know here in this podcast, Living Room Space, we've talked a lot about the power of therapy and the process of therapy and how it is good to be able to remove in some of our communities. We have sort of a sense of shame if we find yeah. ourselves feeling like we we need to see a professional, that we are we mm-hmm. are beyond what our friends or our family 
can do to help us. So uh, as a professor, as well as a psychologist yourself with a practice, what are the thoughts, tips, advice you would give to folks who are either new to therapy or who Mm -hmm. are sort of on that teetering edge considering? They're thinking, this is something I need, but they feel apprehensions. Mm -hmm. What thoughts would you give to those folks? Yeah, absolutely. I love the question because it is important for us to know uh, that we are deserving of healing space. We're deserving of spaces where we don't have to be on where we don't have to perform, where we don't have to be the caretaker, Mm -hmm. where we can receive. And so um, friendship and uh, romantic relationships and family are all beautiful and have their place. But that is not the same thing as working through an issue with a trained professional. Um, And so, yes, get auntie's advice, get your sister (laughs) friend's advice, um, but then also get the strategies for the healing uh, and the deprogramming uh, and, and the shifting of your life. And the important, a couple of important things I would say, one is um, not every therapist is the same. Hmm. So the same way you would like shop around for a university or shop around for a church home, you know, you can shop around for a therapist. So just because you go to one session doesn't mean you all are going to hit it off. and Uh, if you don't hit it off to not think, oh, I tried therapy, it doesn't work Uh, because therapists have different styles and different personalities. So you just want to check in with yourself to say like, what was it about it that I didn't like so that I can know going forward? Um, And so to be uh, empowered about that, that you can ask questions, you know, think about the primary issues or challenges you want to work on. And then look at their website and see, do they make any reference to those things? Because they may be brilliant in something that's not your thing, right? If someone is an addiction specialist and you're coming there because you're tired of being single, they may not have that, right? Uh, You know, many people are generalists, but you want to think about what are the themes you want to work on, asking them if they've worked with people with those issues, And then uh, if demographics are important to you, then you can look at that as well. Some people prefer younger. Some people prefer older. Some people have preferences around gender or sexuality or race and ethnicity. Um, And I will say, you know, if, if they are not your same demographic, to be comfortable and empowered asking them questions about that to see if it can still work, because there are times that it can Um, you would just have to uh, feel that out, right? If there is a sense of home or safety there for you. Um, And, you know, one of the things that people often go in who have never been in therapy at the first session, they often want to say, how long is this going to (laughs) take? And they're like, how long before I'm healed and transformed? And, you know, to that, I would say, unless you have a therapist that's working with a manual, we can't give you the exact number of weeks. Now, sometimes let's say if you go to a college counseling center, each student is allowed eight sessions and that's it for the school year. So then that's not necessarily eight sessions and you're done, but eight sessions and you're done. That's all they're going to give you. Um, so there are some approaches that are, you know, like if I run a trauma recovery group, that's a set number of weeks. But in general, if I'm working with someone individually, I can't tell you in the beginning how long it's going to be. A part of the reason is because 
most of us don't come in the first session really revealing everything. So it continues to unpeel. Some because you don't trust the person yet, some because of shame, and some it's not in your awareness. Mm. Right? Sometimes we're not thinking about it. We didn't realize that it, that we're still carrying that. And then something will happen in session that will remind you of like, oh, that's just like whatever that situation is. Um, but you want to see like, what am I gaining from it? Do I, how do I feel when I'm there? And how do I feel when I leave? Mm. Um, and what I do say uh, to clients is, you know, some sessions are harder than others. Right. Right. And it is different than friendship. Even for therapists have to make this adjustment when I'm, you know, doing training for future therapists, because when I'm talking to a friend, if like you're upset about something, like we're going to stay on the phone for hours till you ready to hang up or we fall asleep or I'm going to come over to your house and we're going to be there for hours. So therapy is generally an hour, which means, um, you know, we're pressing pause. And so for some people, they can feel like, but wait, like I'm not done. It's not going to be done today. Right. right. You know, right. It's not going to be all all finished today, but we're going to press pause, reflect on what came up in the hour. We'll continue it next time. So that sometimes is a part people have to adjust to. Mm, these are such great tips, folks. I hope that y'all are listening to that. I know there are people listening right now who are like, hmm, I think it's time. I think I need, you know, so I'm hoping yeah. Dr. Tama was able to give you some things to Help the process of going into therapy, especially if it's your first time or it could be your first time in a long time, you know, that it's okay that you feel those fears or those nerves and all that. All of that is normal and good. And it is possible to find someone that feels like a good fit for you. I I love those tips you gave. I yeah. want to ask uh, a few Dr. Tama questions. So just going to mm-hmm. get a slight a slight personal moment here. Yes. I I I also gravitated to your book Dr. Tama because I love things that have the theme of home. Mm. I was a kid that grew up military. I experienced both branches of the military uh in one mm. childhood, Air Force and wow. Army, so I moved around <sighs> a lot. And then I grew up to be a person that traveled a lot for work. So there's a lot of that just in, even in my creative work, that theme of sort of how we how we make home, how we find mm-hmm. home, how we return mm-hmm. to it. All those themes are always so interesting to me. So I would yeah. love if you can share with us what is one place or one person who feels like home to you? Yes. Yeah. So the example I want to give for this, I think, is so important because it disrupts like these notions of women not getting along or women being competitors or petty or like all of these kind of sexist myths. I have a group called The Gathering and it's a group of powerful women uh, and we meet monthly. And before the pandemic, we met at my house. And since the pandemic, we meet on Zoom. Um, But the powerful thing, uh, the enriching thing about this sisterhood circle is um, we, in the first hour, we would like eat and just kind of casually catch up. In the second hour, we each give like a reflection, like about mm. five minutes. And what it allows is that not one person is the pouring one or not one person has to be the strong one. Like everybody receives. And so, yes, I'm going to share something, but then I'm getting something from everybody else in the circle. And, uh, that whole piece of iron sharpens iron. So a sisterhood circle is important where we don't have to be on, where um, 
I, I don't feel the weight of like, I am here carrying it all. Yeah. Um, but really being uh, peers and, and being sisters. And I definitely uh, feel home the first Sundays of, of every month. <laughs> oh, I love that. I, I love that. I love the the sense of regularity. You know, I think there's something yes. really uh, just stabilizing about that, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. as well as especially when I I have friends. I mean, my mom is a nurse. I have friends who are nurses. I have um, friends who work in social work. I feel like particularly when you work in a cares sort of yes. field or industry, you can not have a lot of places sometimes mm-hmm. where you can go and also be. Right poured into. And I love that sort of collective that there's no one person that has to have the encouraging word to say, you know, there's no pressure. You can just whatever your reflection is. I love that, that like leveling of the emotional playing field in a way. It's wonderful. Right. Yeah, it's wonderful. I love it. (laughs) Now, I got to ask you about food because it's important to me. So what food reminds you of home? So the food that most reminds me of home is is a food I cannot eat often, and that is homemade bread. <laughs> oh, yes, so good. <laughs> yes, so yes. good. Just even the and way the it makes your house it, smell. That's what I was gonna it. say. Yeah, <laughs> make the way it smells. You're automatically like, yes, uh, yes. Is, home, home. is there a particular <laughs> kind of homemade bread? Is it sourdough? Is it multi-grain what's uh, what's it doing there or is it all the homemade bread all of it all <laughs> of it it's, you see my face all of it. <laughs> i love that we celebrate bread around here we love bread it's delicious what is one thing that is bringing you joy right now dr tama i'm gonna say uh my kids they mm-hmm. are such a delight and and two very different personalities uh so it's just beautiful to see people as themselves, you know, we show up uh, to the planet, you know, as our own little unique beings. So it's been a, it's a pleasure watching them and, and getting to know, you know, they're just quirks in their uh, spirit. And uh, my, my daughter is a a mini me, very studious (laughs) and uh, focused. And uh, what I say to people is, uh, my son came to teach me humility. <laughs> He's a firecracker. And so when I just had my daughter, I could, uh, you know, I just would say, you know, move over here or, you know, not to talk loud, or, you know, whatever you say, she's going to do. And so I was like, parenting, right? <laughs> parenting is a piece of cake. <laughs> right. So then when my son was like, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. <laughs> So I said it has given me a lot more grace and compassion (laughs) for for myself and for other parents. Uh, But yeah, I enjoy them. Oh, I love that. Dr. Tama, the people are listening. The people want to know where they can get this book so that they can begin their own journeys. The people want to know how they can stay connected to you and your work. Where would you tell the people to go? Yes, absolutely. So my website is drtama.com, D-R-T-H-E-M-A. I would encourage you to get the homecoming book, to listen to the homecoming podcast, which is on all major platforms. We're up to like 140 some episodes. So go catch up. (laughs) And uh, I am in social media, uh, uh, the most on Twitter and Instagram. 
in March when the book came out, I joined TikTok. So I have Look. a couple of videos there. Come yes. on, Dr. Come Tamer. join me. Come on. <laughs> Come on and TikTok for the people. Y'all can that's y'all can it, return to it. yourselves on TikTok too. Mm-hmm. Come on, for the people. Mm-hmm. For the people. That's mm-hmm. where the people are, the young people especially. <laughs> so and get over there. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, well, y'all, yeah. y'all remember these things. But even if you don't remember, you can go to the show notes, all the links to where you can get homecoming, where you can connect with Dr. Tama. We'll make sure all the links are there. Dr. Tama, this has been such a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you for taking the time. And thank you for giving the people something that Mm -hmm. can help us along our Mm -hmm. healing journeys. Thank you for putting that work out into the world. Oh, you are welcome. It's been delightful talking to you. And uh, I'm just grateful for this space. Many blessings for you and for your listeners. Her with Amina Brown is produced by Matt Owen for Soul Graffiti Productions as a part of the Seneca Women Podcast Network in partnership with iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.